Hello and welcome, my fellow officials, to the Art of Officiating with your host, Joe Forte. All right, we are back on the air. New season approaching 2021-2022. Basketball season has begun. NBA in their exhibition season just started this week. Exhibition games, colleges are starting their scrimmages. I started assigning games in Conference Carolina. Now all we have to do is hope that we don't have a COVID crisis, which puts us back to where we were last year. I sure hope not. I don't think so. I think we're going to be good this year. I think it's going to be a good year, and we're good to go. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. The NCAA is having their clinics. I'm sure you guys are all ready for that. I'm sure that you've been attending summer camps, getting yourself ready for the upcoming season, ready physically and mentally. Got to be ready. Season's approaching. We can't take a step back, okay? Got to be positive, got to be aggressive, got to be ready to go. Get into that rule book, get into the mechanics book, get into your case book, look at some tape, look at some plays, get your mind set, meditate, relax, think about what you got to do, all right? Well, we had our supervisors meeting with the NCAA and they went over some items of emphasis as they always do each year. Seems to me that um, the big one is the travel violation. And it really focuses on three plays You got the step back move, the jump stop, the spin move, uh, and four plays, I should say, and the Euro move, all right? So in the step back, what we're referring to is the offensive player plants his foot, steps back, lands with two feet, takes a jump shot. All right, here's here's the deal on that play, okay? As you know, when the offensive player plants his foot and steps back, it's going to be very close as to both feet landing on the floor at the same time, all right? Usually nothing happens simultaneously in basketball. So the thing here is... Don't be splitting the hairs. Player plants with the right foot, steps back. Two feet come down to the floor approximately at the same time. It's legal, all right? Don't split hairs and be calling travels. If it's obvious, then it's a travel. And what you have to understand about the step back is when he plants and steps back, if he doesn't shoot, He has no pivot foot, okay? He he can't pivot. He has no pivot foot. Now, when you're going forward and you jump off that foot and land on two, 
Well, the benefit of the doubt goes to the play offensive player that he picked up the ball while he's in the air, comes to a jump stop, and now he can pivot, all right? So understand the difference. Also on the spin move, once again, it's very difficult to see this play. So once again, don't be splitting hairs. The benefit goes to the player, the offensive player, on the spin move. And when you're talking about the Euro step, when in doubt, the player picked up the ball and he gets the benefit of the doubt. That seems to be the philosophy going forward. Very, very difficult when a player is going down the lane and all of a sudden he picks that ball up and he jumps. Did he jump off two feet? Did he jump on one? It's hard. It's very, very difficult to see. So unless it's so obvious, the benefit goes to the offensive player. Don't split hairs on these and come up with a, you know, a call that is meaningless just because you, you know, you want to impress somebody with the rule or you're in the game. You know, it's basketball, guys. If it's not obvious, don't call it. All right. Now, there's some things that we really have to concentrate this year. And I think that they're as important as the, the travel. And that's the offensive player who wards off the defender. Now, always remember when the offensive player drives to the basket and he's in the air, let's say he's a right-handed player and he goes up with the right hand and he puts the right elbow out and it's bent, all right? And the right hand extends to the basket on the layup. If that left hand stays in that position, in a bent position, he's perfectly legal. If that arm extends out, as soon as he extends it, he's suspect. And if there is contact with the defender, it is an offensive foul. Once he extends, it's an offensive foul. If he doesn't extend, then he's good. All right? So that's the key, and that's what you look for. You look for the extension from the elbow to the wrist. On In the post play, back downs, displacement, offensive player, Low post player gets the ball, has his back to the basket, and now he starts backing down his defender. Now, this play is one in that there's a lot of flopping going on. As soon as the defender feels some contact, you know, he, he wants to go back and fool the referee in the sense that it should have been an offensive foul when there really wasn't that much contact on the play and no one gained an advantage on the play. 
What you have to judge is when the offensive player gets the ball and he starts to back down, is he going into the defender with force? Is he giving him that quick bump, the force, driving through? If he is, that's an offensive foul. Now, what happens many times is that the offensive player will get it. He'll back down. There'll be a little contact. The defender starts going back, all right, starts going back, and then he repositions himself. The offensive player now comes in to him again, and we have some more contact by the offensive player. Well, if that contact is such where it is delivered with force, then we have an offensive foul. Have an offensive foul. So get yourself in a position in the lead wide enough so you can see the entire play. And then go ahead and use your good judgment as to whether it is a foul or it's just marginal contact contact, and a play on. Flopping. Big bone of contention with the NCAA. You have flopping, they want you to stop the game, appropriate time, and give the player a warning. The next one would be a technical foul, right? Okay, so where, where, where does flopping occur? We have the offensive player driving to the basket. The defender comes over. There's marginal contact. He goes down. It's a flop. The offensive player is driving to the basket. He creates a little contact. His head goes back. You know, it's the head bob. He goes back like he's getting killed. And he's the guy that's causing all the all the flopping. He's causing all the issues. Uh, you have the jump ball or jump shot, I should say. Offensive player takes a perimeter jump shot. And he falls to the ground, kicks his leg out, puts his leg out, tries to draw some contact. There's no contact. He falls to the floor. So those are the areas that you have to watch with your with your flopping, flopping, okay? Now, what I can tell you in the old days, what we used to do is if that, this happened more so in the post where the offensive player would, where there'd be just minimal contact and the defender would go back like he was shot out of a cannon to try to get you to call the offensive foul. We just called the block and told him, hey, knock it off, stop doing it, and lo and behold, they quit doing it. I'm just saying what we did in the old days, all right? You referee to play accordingly and according to the rules that the NCAA has set up for flopping. If you think it's flopping then go ahead and you know, stop the game at the appropriate time and warn the player the next time it's going to be a technical foul. Jump balls. This is something that I, I'm glad that the NCAA addressed because I, over the years you always see it where the ball is on the ground and you got players diving for it and the offensive player before he even gets possession of the ball he's calling timeout or one of his players are calling timeout and we go and give them a timeout when they never had secure of the ball. You know, they didn't secure the ball, so we're giving it to them. Before you give him a timeout, 
you have to make sure that they have possession of the basketball. If they don't have possession of the basketball, do not give them a timeout. It's that simple. Has to have possession of the basketball. The other thing that they were talking about was the uh, freedom of movement with the cutters. Gentlemen, freedom of movement, bench decorum, hand checking, rough post play has been talked about since the game of basketball has been invented. And we're still talking about it. These are areas of the game that you just have to referee. You can't allow the post play, post play to get rough. You can't allow coaches to act crazy. And you can't allow cutters to get knocked off of their path. Nothing's changed in the game from when the game started. We've always had these areas of concern. The key is to make sure you get yourself in position where you can see them, where you can see these plays, right? They're not hard plays. They're not hard plays. They're not complex. They're easy plays. Cutter cuts down the lane or across the lane and the defender just throws a hip into him or, or, or elbow and knocks him off his path. It's simple. It's a foul. Call it. Not difficult. Bench decorum. Come on. Why do we always have to talk about bench decorum? If we have to tell you, or if I have to tell any members of my staff, when to call a technical foul, we get, now we got major issues. We got major issues. You know in your heart when a coach deserves a technical foul. You know it. How many times have you walked off the court and you said to yourself, geez, I wish I would have done with technical. He was just way out of, way out of line. And you gave him the benefit of the doubt. But that always comes back to haunt you. Now, there are times when you can talk to a coach, talk to him in basketball terminology, which is all good. It's all good. It's game management. It's part of game management. But when he runs out of the coach's box and he's yelling at you and pointing at you and cursing at you, well, that's technical foul. No one needs to tell you how to call a technical foul. And certainly not in Conference Carolina. How referees know when to pull the trigger and when not to pull the trigger. And when they're correct, we will support them. That's simple. It's nothing hard about this. So, it's good to be back with you. And... Enjoy your exhibition games and your scrimmages. And when you go into your scrimmages, work on something. You know, work on your trail position. Work on your lead position. This is a good time for you to hone in on some of your skills or some of the areas of the game where you don't feel as strong. You know, sometimes we feel a little bit better in the center position as opposed to the trail or the lead or, or whatever it might be. You want to feel strong and comfortable in all positions. So work on some of the areas that you feel need improvement. 
regardless of what it is, your rules, your, your mechanics, your conditioning, you know, be a pro, be a pro. Approach the game as a pro. Until then, until the next time, we're back on the air. We got a special, special interview coming up on our next podcast with the infamous Angelo. Angelo has returned. He had a little bout with COVID, but he is good and ready to go. Just talked to him the other day. He's excited about the season, and he is excited about getting started and looking forward to talking to all of you. Once again, our podcast is for you to make you the very best referee that we can. Your donations are certainly appreciated, and we thank all of you who have donated to our podcast. Thank you very much. Until the next time. This is Joe Forte saying good day.